Hi, I'm Bella, a woman rapidly approaching her 30s. After enduring the same prolonged period of social isolation as most every other human on this planet, I was pushed to question the things that once felt familiar, boiling them down to their most basic level, like, what exactly is a good conversation? Have I ever had one? Can I really make friends as an adult and how? So I'm digging deep to get some answers and asking some of my closest and most estranged friends for their advice on how to relearn the things I've forgotten and how to know the things I never knew. This is Dear Guest, an epic podcast, and I'm your host, Bella Carter. Okay, so we're going to start off with a letter. Dear Patrick, our guest this week. Recently, I was re-watching old episodes of Seinfeld, and there's an episode where George says, I have nothing to say to anybody. I'm so uninteresting. I think I'm out of conversation. Nothing has ever resonated with me more. All I want as me, Bella, is to have better conversations and connect with more people in a genuine way. But most conversations send me into a spiral. Do I know anything worth talking about? Have I ever known anything? Who wrote the rules of this conversation? And why did no one give me the rule book before it began? So this week we called up friend Patrick Vermillion. He is uh, a conversation expert. He's a thought leader. He is a playwright, a mathematician. Um, You can find him at Banksy Official on Instagram. Probably no other social media. Because he likes to hide in the cracks and look out for um, an upcoming workshop of an un- untitled play at Steep Theater. Um, he's also a guest producer at Podcast People. No, at a podcast called People Every Day. And it sounds like they read parts of People magazine there every single day. Um, okay, so we're going to bring on Patrick here. Patrick, are you there? I am. Hi, Bella. Hey, I understand you have like an anecdote you want to offer about conversation. Yeah, I do. I, um, back in April, I saw a play that I didn't like. Um, and then I went to, uh, hang out at a friend's house and it was at one of those new friends that you really want them to like you and you really want, like, you're like, oh, they're cool. And I actually want to genuinely have a friendship with this person. So I told him I'd seen this play and he said, oh, what play was it? I was like, oh, it was this terrible play. I told him all about it. I told him about this particular performance that I hated. And he said, oh, that's so funny. Um, I love that play. And also that's my, that's like one of my best friends in the world that you're talking about who, uh, who you just shat on their performance. <laughs> so um, I immediately felt embarrassed and I was like, okay, this friendship could be over right now. This is the worst thing in the world. Um, but I eventually was able to turn the conversation around. I was like, all right, you know what? I was being harsh. I was maybe getting too into it. Here are some things I liked. Here are some choices in this person's performance that I liked. And since then, I've actually met that performer. And now we're friends. We laugh about how I was introduced to them. And uh, I would consider that a solid conversation save. So I, I was feeling uh, I was feeling pretty good about that. 
I mean, right off the bat, that is really incredible to me that you were able to like, <laughs> like take a misstep to some extent. Like, I mean, I guess we're all entitled to our own opinions, but like you took a misstep by like what I understand to be conversation standards and then like turned it around and now you have some friendships from it. Yeah. And, and I think it was a good lesson because I thought this person was really cool. So when I saw this play, I was like, oh, this person that I'm friends with is so cool that they'll probably, they would probably hate this. Uh, so I told them about it in a way to kind of seem cooler. <laughs> oh but then God. through that, I learned, you know, when I was trying to be cool, I was actually just being kind of shitty. So, um, you know, a lesson well learned on my end. I, I mean, I love that because I think that conversation, like when I don't know what to talk about, I often opt for like this negative perspective, mm -hmm. which I think we can like maybe get into later. But first, I kind of wanted to zoom out and like talk about what exactly conversation is. Sure. Like there are all these different types of conversations that we can have, like small talk. Yeah, the worst. Or the best. Or, or the, the portal into a conversation, possibly. Probably, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, I know. discussed. <laughs> <laughs> Argument. Is mm. that conversation? Debate. Mm. I have jazz written down, but we don't have to <laughs> talk about Wait, jazz. what's... Tell me about jazz. I guess why I think of jazz as like a conversation. I, I mean, this sounds very pretentious and I don't actually like study music or anything. But when you get into improvisation, it's like you're listening and you're reacting. So you're doing all these like you're taking all these elements of conversation and like making music with them. Right. right. So I guess that's that is why. Yeah, no, Not totally. There. I just thought you were saying that jazz was like a type of conversation where people like scattered at each other or something. I was excited for that to be a category. Oh, like actually scatting at each other? Yeah, like people going like beat up, but up, up. I thought that was maybe what you're saying. <laughs> like people LARPing as like jazz instruments, yeah, like as which, a saxophone. You know, if you find a corner of a party where people are doing that, that might be kind of fun. You're not wrong. Um. And then like in those categories of, ca of conversation, we also have like strangers, close friends, family, acquaintances, like all these different like levels of knowing someone. So yeah, I guess I'm just asking for your advice on like how to navigate these different types of conversations, like how to get the most out of a conversation. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I think... The categories we've listed here are interesting because, you know, when you said small talk, I was like, that's the worst. But then you said debate and argument. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's definitely the worst. Because I think that sometimes when we get into arguments, we get excited because like, we're like, okay, well, this will at least fill the conversation space for the next like 10 minutes. But then everyone kind of exits the conversation weird. No one ever really gets convinced through an argument, especially a casual argument. Um, you know, you get into like weird, uh, like flirt politics, like negging. If you get into arguments, you know, there's nothing worse than when someone comes up, you're like at a bar and you order a drink and someone comes up and goes, that's a weird drink. And like, that's like the conversation they expect from you. They're like, oh, I guess we'll argue. 
And I guess that's that's like what the the nature of this conversation is going to be. So I would say the first thing, most important thing, is that you refrain from negative uh, talking points, much like how I messed up with my friend earlier. Interesting. Okay, wait, you said flirt politics. Do you mean actual? Oh, no, you said flirt, flirt arguments. Is that what you said? Yeah, because I think that a lot of conversations um, are people attempting at flirting because whether it's you're trying to like see someone romantically or whether you're like me and you're trying to make a friend, these are different types of flirting and that you are you're trying to provoke them to make them more interested in you or to seem interesting. Um, so, you know, flirting, maybe, maybe not quite the correct term, but that's kind of how I often envision conversations with like new people. I don't know. I feel like people would get uncomfortable with that word, but that is like what you're doing, I guess, in those first, in those early conversations with new friends, you're trying to like see if they're interested. No, yeah, because I I think with platonic relationships, you know, I moved here in my mid-20s and I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I have to make all new friends that I don't have any like prior relationship with. So you like end up going on like friend dates where you're like trying people out. You're like going to a concert with the person just to see if you want to like be casual friends with them. So it does kind of I guess everything kind of becomes like a weird date, flirty conversation thing at the end of the day. But maybe that's also kind of a toxic way to look at things. I don't think it's, I mean, to me, it doesn't seem toxic because it's like, we need, we need friends and we need conversation to like survive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's part of the human thing. But so like, what does that look like for you? Cause I, I mean, I'm in a position, I guess, where, I, most of my current friends are people that I've met through college or people that I've met through like a common activity. So like, I'm curious, like, how are you meeting these people? How are you finding common ground? Like, how do I do those things with new, with new people? Yeah, totally. I I do think that a really good base is to do something that you really like doing and, you know, talk to the other people who are there, whether it's theater or uh, roller skating, for some reason I just thought of. Um, <laughs> I Raise your hand if you like roller skating. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd say that most of my friends here have come from, you know, I knew a few people when I got here and they introduced me to some people. And then, you know, that's when those initial conversations happen. You're all at a bar together or you all go to a baseball game together. And that's where you kind of, uh, you know, sit next to each other, kind of find out the common interests. And that's where some of the greater friendships come from. Um, but then there's also trying out new activities. I think getting out of your comfort zone. Um, I know as a, as a theater kid or a reform theater kid or whatever, I was like, well, theater is the only thing I ever need to do as an extracurricular. But then mm-hmm. now that we're older, it's like, maybe I want to try like just doing tennis and uh do you mean that like are you actually doing tennis now yeah uh but not very well but (laughs) but uh tennis is like a thing where you know I was at 
a friend's party and someone brings up that they want to play more tennis. And I was like, you know, I also want to play more tennis. And then all of a sudden I have this person that we have a date to go play tennis together. Um, and we don't really know each other other than that. We have the shared common interests. Um, sometimes it doesn't lead anywhere. Sometimes you meet someone for tennis and uh, you play tennis and you have nothing in common um, and you're both not very good. But uh, it's better to know, I guess, better to know that you don't fit with someone. Can you just like take me through what that looks like? Like going to like, what do you talk? Okay, when you're playing tennis, obviously you're not talking other than like grunting maybe, (laughs) but like. (laughs) Yeah, you're grunting a lot. Yeah. It's a a sport full of effort, but okay. Like afterwards, I'm assuming you go to like get a drink with this person. Yeah. Yeah. What are you Um, talking to them about? And what does this person do? Um, yeah, I, you know, take me through it. It doesn't have to be a specific person. It can be like a general kind of like experience with a stranger. Sure. Sure. I'm trying to think a day recently where my friend texted me, he was hanging out by the lake and I texted him back. Yeah. I'd love to show up, you know, uh, we all go to the lake, uh, over here in Chicago and I'm there. He has some friends that I've never met. Um, he goes to jump in the lake. Me and his friends are not feeling it as much. So this is an opportunity. We have been left alone. You know, we're talking, um, I think a big element of it is trying to feel a, if someone is up for a conversation, you know, some of them had books, Mm. if they're reading books, I'd say, you know, maybe ask briefly, like, what are you reading? How do you think of it? Um, But if they're really into the book, I would say, don't disturb them. Other people are just, you know, they're staring into space. They're looking around. They're looking a little uncomfortable the way that you might, when you are maybe kind of feeling uncomfortable from the silence. You know, the first thing I ask is, um, how long have you lived in Chicago? Um, are you from the area? So you're starting the conversation? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you hadn't start started the conversation, what would have happened too? Sorry to take this detour, but like, do you think they would have said anything? You know, I've definitely been in scenarios where it's just been me and a few other people or one other person um, you know, there's times like this at work where I'm just working next to a person um, and we don't say anything. In general, at work, I don't like to start conversations unless mm. someone else starts it with me. And then, you know, I'll entertain that conversation as long as it needs to go. But in my opinion, um, there's places where silence is okay and that's fine. And I think everyone is comfortable in a silence and work is one of those places but in a social situation where, you know, maybe someone is new or surrounded by people they're not familiar with, I think it's always important to make an effort to, you know, get uh, some common ground with them, try and find out something that you have in common with them. Um, you know, starting with like, uh, where are you from? You know, if they're from a place that I've been to, I can talk about the time that I was there and what I thought about it. Um, I think recent example, this person that we went to by the lake, um, he was from the Upper East Side. And of I was New like, York? Yeah, of New York. And I was like, oh my God, 
I have a friend, I have a bunch of friends from the Upper East Side. I grew up in Jersey. Um, you know, there's so much commonality just between growing up in New Jersey and New York, bagels, the, you know, the sure. theme parks. Um, and then, uh, you know, ride that, see, see if you can find them having a strong opinion on something. In a social situation, it's very important to like take initiative. Yes. Especially if you are the person who is in the comfort level, if that makes sense. If you are surrounded by people, you know, Mm. and there's a person who's newer, you know, whether they're someone's new significant other or they're just a new friend um, or they're tagging along, they're someone's sibling. Um, Especially if you're not the direct relation to them, the best thing you can do is make them feel included, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I guess like maybe like the first wall that I hit is like being at a party or something and in like a scenario where I'm meeting new people and I'm sensing that like the other people, the other other people may not feel comfortable like starting a conversation and so I'm also so I take that as a signal to be like don't start a conversation because they're Mm. just happy not talking but it kind of seems like you should just go for it yeah at a party you know I I think you have to you have to really examine the context of the scenario right if it's someone who's like clearly upset clearly not having a good time maybe wants to be left alone I think we can always read that and be like, okay, maybe don't start a conversation with this person. Maybe ask if they need anything. Um, But if there's someone who is deliberately like they're looking up, they're looking around um, or you're standing in that circle, everyone has their drinks and everyone's just kind of like, yeah, how's it going? You know, I think it is fair game then to initiate something um, whether it's, you know, something as simple as where are you from? Or one of my favorite things is to, you know, if someone, if I, if there's a conversation happening beforehand and someone says something interesting, that's not necessarily relevant to the conversation right then, mm-hmm. like they talk about how, like they went to school at a certain place or they work a certain job or something happened at work. I like to kind of bookmark those. And then when there's a lull in the conversation, be like, oh, I, you know, I mentioned, you mentioned something about working with AI, like, what's that like? How do you like working Mm. with AI? Something like that. (laughs) So how do you like move beyond that, like discomfort into like an actual connection over something and like keep the momentum going? Yeah. You know, I think, I think small talk is a really good barrier to kind of, you know, if you talk to someone and, or someone talks to you you don't necessarily feel comfortable with them, or if you're busy, um, small talk can be a good way of kind of indicating, you know, they ask you about the weather, you're like, oh, the weather's crazy today. You're like, yep, sure is. Um, And then by your response, they can kind of measure that, okay, this conversation is, you know, this person is obviously not willing to engage in better conversation right now. Best to leave it at that. Mm, okay. So like seeing it as like the door, whether the door is open to conversation or not. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think a good example of maybe small talk turning into deeper conversation was um, one time I was covering for my coworker and, you know, he came back from the bathroom and he had the, the uh, 
web page open for a movie theater. He was looking at movies. And, you know, I wasn't, I was like, hey, I'm not trying to be creepy or anything, but like, what movies are you thinking about seeing? And he's like, oh, I'm really trying to see. Uh, we were both really interested in this David Lynch festival that was going on. Okay. Um, and uh, he was saying, oh, I really want to see the new uh, cut of Inland Empire. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I, I'm really passionate about that. And then um, something that I think is really important when you're transitioning from small talk into deeper talk is to be like, um, yeah, I'm really like, how do you feel about that? Cause I'm like really into that. And if they're like, no, no, I'm really into it too. I think that's when you can kind of get to that next level of you're both sharing something you're extremely passionate about. Um, and yeah. those kinds of gateways are, are I think important. Whereas if I, if I went up to him and I was like, oh, I see you have the movie page open. He's like, yeah, I'm just thinking of seeing a movie. Then I'd probably be like, okay, this person does not want to have a deeper conversation right now. This strikes me as like very, res- like you truly make it an effort to be like very respectful of the other person's like unspoken boundaries about like how um, interested they are in talking. And I feel like for myself, I read too much into those and I just decide like this person's not interested in talking to me. So then I just don't continue the conversation. Yeah. That's such a, that's a, that's a thing that I struggle with too. It's like, you know, mm. sometimes even after certain conversations, you'd be like, damn, did I just like talk way too much? Did I just come off really weird? Was I too passionate about that? Um, or was I too mean about this other thing? And I think that those worries are okay, mm-hmm. but um, I think that you shouldn't let them stop you from trying to engage in general, uh, especially if, you know, you know, if someone's giving you repeated signals over time, like, you know, you try and open up the conversation and they keep being like, ah, I'm just going to stay up with small talk. Then I think that's a solid signal. That's all you need. It's not necessarily a problem with you, it might be that they are just not open to having a conversation or they, you know, they, everyone's got their own thing going on. I feel like we've opened so many little boxes around conversation here where it's like, I think that's amazing, but then it's also like, well, there's something manufactured to me about that type of conversation where it's not like individualized to the person. And like my understanding of this conversation is you're really supposed to listen to the other person, take in their response, et cetera, and go from there. But on the other hand, isn't it nice to have like, to be able to talk to anyone? Like, I love people who could talk to a wall, like for <laughs> 25 minutes, you know, like, yeah. I do love that. It makes me feel at ease sometimes. Cause I could not do that. Yeah. And that can feel, I, I, I agree, uh, when there is that lack of consideration and there is kind of also an element, this small town element that I think a lot of us are embedded with where someone will ask a lot about you or you'll tell, you know, they'll trap you in a conversation and then it almost feels like they're preparing to use that against you. Um, oh had, my God. Yes. Okay. We had a neighbor who lived above us back in our old apartment and she came down and she would like she just asked us what we were doing and we we would like say and then um she'd come down like later she'd be like hey you know you 
Um, I like, I love the movie you're watching. I, I've been, I've been listening, you know, I, I've been hearing all of it. I know, oh I know that movie God. and we're like, do you want us to be quiet? And she was like, no, no, I'm just telling you, I like the movie. That's what, and then I were like, why did you knock on our door? Um, so that there's that kind of uneasiness to the over overly conversed Midwest. That's I kind of miss about New York where, uh, you could get stabbed in your apartment and no one would check in on you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's dark. But (laughs) in New York, too, it's like, I I mean, I guess that was a that was a topic that I wanted to ask for your just like input in where it's like there is a I was like conversation in Chicago versus New York because you've experienced both of them. But like in New York, you can ask someone how much they pay for rent or like how much money they make. And those questions are like appropriate in New York. I think I could be Mm -hmm. wrong. I personally think they're appropriate to ask because it's like everything's so expensive here that you're all kind of just like fighting to get by. Right, right, right. But like, you're right. There's like a coldness too. But like in Chicago, it sounds like, in mid. I mean, there's like that Midwestern nice thing or like that Minnesota nice, whatever, like that kind of like, kindness that just comes with the territory but like what is what is the right way like what should what should I be like what should I be doing um I think the thing that you brought up that was a really good point was listening is really important and it's something that I think you know with both extremes of the examples we're talking about it's not really being displayed like in the midwest people will talk over you they'll talk about small talk They'll just talk for hours about things that they're interested in. Um, and in New York, it's kind of the opposite where um, maybe you can you can both talk about rents, but maybe also that person will then ignore you on the street. They won't listen to you. And I think the, the right balance is to just make sure that you leave a conversation um, having learned something new about someone, mm. even if it's just one thing. If you, if you learn something genuinely new about the person you just conversed with, then you had a decent conversation, um, which is maybe maybe seems like a low bar, but it's it's really not. If you think about how many conversations we have where we don't learn anything about each other, or we tell a lot about ourselves, but we don't learn anything about the person we're talking I to. I love that. It's like, I mean, that was one of my questions too, is like, what is the objective of conversation? And I think in one of those articles I sent you as well, like it says to have an objective to your conversation, which again, we can get into in a, in a second. But like, I love that as just kind of like a general objective when you're talking to people who are like friends or acquaintances like can you learn something new about them or can you just learn something new in general like a new perspective on something that you might not have thought of like I've never had that really defined for me so that seems like a pretty good like judgment of how a conversation has gone um okay so space, awkward yes. moments, digging yourself out of that dark. Like, I mean, 
when it's when it's just gone off track and you're like, what the fuck are we even talking <laughs> about right now? Like, yeah. what do you do? Um. So I think it's what it's should a, I do? I think it's a matter of preference because sometimes, you know, I think a pet peeve I I have is when um, someone you know there's a little bit of an awkward well in conversation and someone goes well this is awkward mm-hmm. um and i you know i i understand the need to put a name to it but i also think that that kind of just makes everyone feel even more alienated at times so sometimes the i think the the best thing you can do is just do your best to kind of use one of those bookmarks i was referring to earlier um you know if someone mentions a thing that's not relevant to the conversation at the time, but is interesting to you, like if they make a passing reference to something they read, something they watched, something they do, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Not really my time to talk right now. When there's that lull, I think it is worth bringing up um, and seeing if that can maybe restart the conversation or recharge it. Um, if the awkward moment happens after something that you say, I think then is a good appropriate time to be like, sorry, that was kind of weird of me to say, um, or just kind of acknowledge like, I didn't mean it like that. Something like something to kind of let everyone know that like you acknowledge that maybe you said something not quite, uh, that doesn't quite make sense or something that like maybe people found a little off putting. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't know. Does, Does that, does that make sense to you? I think so. I mean, I think sometimes it's like, I just feel pretty frequently like I'm in these situations where I don't have things in common with people. And so I just Mm. find it difficult to like find the common ground. Like I love to talk about movies and TV. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) But it's like not everyone is interested in that. Like some people like I don't know what some people like to talk about. It's like what like clothes or hair, (laughs) you know, hair. Yeah. Cause like, I don't think it's always like, I think there's something else sometimes that's going on where it's like, yeah, I was like at a party not too long ago and someone was like working on a project near us. And I like started talking to the person about the project and I was like, Oh, I know where that is. And like, he was like, Oh yeah this thing went wrong with it. I'm trying to not give too many specifics <laughs> and yeah. which just makes this hard, but I, and I kept like, and I was like, Oh, I think like, you know, that's like down the street from us, blah, blah, blah. And then it was just kind of like this awkward moment. And it was like, but we're kind of talking about something that's in common. Right. Right. But we just like, didn't, I don't know. I think this person was also like talking to a different person at the same time. And like his wife tried to be like, oh, you're doing this project near them. So it was just like this kind of like convoluted situation where I ended up feeling bad because the conversation just like dropped off. Right. Right. Which can also, you know, can cause those kinds of anxiety spirals where you're like, uh, did, is everyone just going to be like talking about how bad that conversation was for the rest of the night? Are they? I don't think so. I think, I think most people, when you enter a party, you acknowledge that you're going to have some awkward conversations. 
um, or that some conversations are going to drop off. Not every conversation is going to reach its natural conclusion. And that's kind of like the exciting aspect of going to a party is like it's speed dating conversations. Um, with with this person in particular, I think you were doing all the right things. Um, but, uh, you know, there are forces that you can't necessarily control, like uh, someone's wife coming in or someone um, maybe not necessarily finding the connective tissue that you have. Um, and it's okay to maybe leave that conversation thinking, okay, well, you know, these were the topics that I tried this time and it didn't necessarily work. Um, something else that might be worth trying is, you know, if you end up at that, like, and sometimes this happens to me, like we're all in a circle and everyone else is talking about it, something that I don't really know about. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good time to kind of just listen try and follow where you can and see, you know, if there is something that you have in commonality in this moment that maybe you can help transition the conversation to once that hiccup occurs uh, amongst that group. Bookmark. Yeah. Okay. So like bookmark something that they've said earlier that you can come back to. You can't really get to the bottom of it. Right. Like that's kind of what I'm learning is like, you can't, there's no, black and white with conversation it's this well and you just have to keep practicing it yes and i i think that being not like i think failing a conversation is what makes us uh human beings like when someone mm -hmm. there are people who are like very very good conversationalists but in a way that maybe kind of comes across a little off-putting because you feel like it's all learned from like articles like this uh, that you're like, okay, but like, what's this person really like? And when you, when you stumble, uh, when you stumble in conversation with someone, especially someone you eventually become good friends with, I think that kind of inadvertently develops like a bit more of a trust with them. Right. Because you kind of seen this person be vulnerable, be embarrassed, and that can help them feel at ease too. The first episode of this podcast is really focused on advice and how to get advice. And so like one of the tenets of advice that I learned, like receiving advice is to get an assignment and like sure. to get specific assignments. So would you have, do you have any kind of like, I mean, it could be things that we already talked about, but maybe some approaches or like an assignment with conversation to help me improve. Yes. Uh, I think that the best thing to do the next time you're at a major social event, I would say ideally a party with friends, not necessarily a work party, because I don't think those conversations we invest in as much. At a, at a friend's gathering, I would say clock the people in the room that you don't know and A, initiate a conversation with them and B, come away with one new thing that you've learned about them and see if you can learn something unique about each person. Like if you, if there's a swim team at the party and you talk to eight people, they can't all be on the swim team. I see what you're saying. It has to be something completely new, completely uh, unique to them. Um, and just see, see if that enriches the conversation at all by, by learning something. Um, and then, 
I would say make sure you recap that to the person that you went to the party with on the way home, just to make sure that you've clocked it and that you've uh, you've actually you know done the learning rather than keeping it internal. Amazing! I'm going to do those things and I'll report back. That'd be cool. I'm excited. You're going to learn a lot. Thank you so much, Patrick Vermillion, playwright, 3D printing brain guru. And he's a guest producer at the People Everyday Podcast. He has many other accolades that you can see at Banksy Official on Instagram, which is a web app. Or it's a phone app, I guess. You can't really see very much if you go to it through the web. Okay. Thank you so much, Patrick, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bella. It's really fun. I hope, yeah. Uh, feel free to edit down all my answers. I know I talked a lot. I'll stop recording on this. Once again, a huge thank you to our guest this week, Patrick Vermillion. Always so fun talking to Patrick. I know I learned a lot this week. I hope you guys did too. Please reach out and let me know what your takeaways were. Um, you can find Patrick on the internet by Googling Patrick Vermillion. Vermillion is like the color. Um, he is an amazing playwright currently based in Chicago. Um, you can catch his plays countrywide, I believe. Um, really encourage you to get your hands on one of his plays. Um, and you can find him on Instagram at Banksy Official. Huge thank you to my producer, Ted Dinner. Thank you, Ted. And you can join us next week on Dear Guest, an epic podcast. We're going to be breaking down friendship. What is friendship? What does it mean to be friends with someone? Um, and we're going to have a really exciting guest, Art Kai, who is a New York comedian. All right. We'll see you then. Bye.